Welcome to another episode of It's About Damn Time. I'm Jared Dam, and this week we have another dope conversation with another dope individual. But before I introduce my guest, let me ask you a question. Yeah, it's mandatory. You have to answer. Just listen and yell it out loud and answer. Do you like free stuff? I mean, I like free stuff. Do you like free stuff? Because I like, we are right, right. We all like free stuff. Well, this week I'm launching my first ever giveaway and winners will have a chance to win free merch. All you have to do is, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what I'll do is wait later in the show to tell you this. Yeah, this is what we call it a business, a tease, because, um, well, you, you, you get the, the concept. I mean, it's, it's not hard to grasp. Anyway, just stay tuned for details on this giveaway. It's going to happen later in the show. Now, it's about damn time I spoke to Jeronica Lee Moffitt. Ronnie is a multifaceted entertainer. She writes, she edits, she acts, she makes film, she sings, she entrepreneurs, sir, sir, sis, she entrepreneurs, entre, okay, fine. That's not a word. It's not a word. Fine. You caught me. Fine. My bad. You get what I'm saying. We will discuss how she juggles it all, how COVID affected all of her projects, and yet still she remained busy, and how she landed neck deep in protests last summer stemming from the social unrest after the murder of George Floyd. We also talk about how Jeronica took time to record those experiences, and last summer she released a powerful documentary that was eye-opening and, quite frankly, emotionally wrenching. It was really good, y'all. So, sit back, relax, listen to Ronnie and me. It's about damn time. I found a remedy for all my tears. And this tale ends when they all dusting. And all of its glory, here I tell my story. All right, and I am here. Ronnie, thank you so much for being here and joining me here on it's about damn time podcast it's about uh, damn time it's about damn time so you inspire me um and i do this little known truth thing where i kind of talk about a little, a little known truth that maybe a lot of people may not know or you may not know but um last summer um during the the, the peak of quarantine um, you started doing this thing for our, our high school class where, you know, the, the Zoom calls. Yes. Which everybody loved them. And, um, like, while we were waiting on everybody to get on, because, you know, we was always the early ones. So while, <laughs> while we were waiting on everybody to get on, I was talking to you about this idea that I had of doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I, I, I do one with a couple other individuals, but I, I've always wanted to do my own. And then when I look, as far as looking back at, you know, memories on Facebook that hunt haunts me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see, oh yeah, I'm doing a podcast. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. I'm just like, oh my God. And then you just gave me like a piece of advice and you just like, yo, get out of your get out of your own way. Just go for it. And um I gotta tell you, that was like the final push for me. Like I just I just needed okay. that. And then when we, even when you said dad and like, yeah, I'll be a guest for you. Like you I'm like you will <laughs> <laughs> So yes. that was the final push, and you know, now we're in the second season. So, oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
This is this that is, is so awesome. a lot to do with you. So I I know you're a filmmaker, but I kind of I kind of view you more of a, as an entertainer of, of, oh, of some sort because yeah. you do it all and you <laughs> have done it all. So um, kind of just walk me through how you got to filmmaking because you because I, I I know majorette in high school and Navy and then you and then you went on with a whole lot of other careers. So so walk me through that. Well, honestly, I really feel like one definitely led into the other. So, yes, high school, it was like, you know, let me just see what it is I can fit in it, you know, because I never was a click person. I was always the type where it's like, oh, they doing something, let me just go over here. I just plug myself into every circle. I wasn't like a part of any clique. And I can say that's how I view my jobs. I'm not a part of any entity. So just like in high school, there's different cliques. I just inserted myself in all of them. And now with um, a different entertainment, all these different entertainments, I plug myself wherever I want to. So I started out modeling. So while I was in the Navy, um, I started modeling. While I was modeling, you know, I just kind of paid attention and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see anything past that. So when I got out of the military, <clears throat> I went to school and my degree is computer was computer science. And, but that's not how I got into anything else. What happened was um, one of the courses I had to take in school, which was speech, and so inside of the speech, they'll say, you know, write something and say something. Right. So I'm like, hmm, that's how I got into writing. Because mm. I started writing poetry at that moment, you know, and all of my poetry was based off of something I experienced, gotcha. either love or losing a family member or, or an actual feeling. Like I remember having a poem named Good Day or something, oh, or Smile or something like that. So it went from poetry. And in that speech class was a guy who was a producer, a music producer. And I was like, you know what? Maybe you just go ahead and try to do one song. <laughs> I just, let me make one of my poetries one song. And then that one song turned to, let me see if I can make one album. Right. And then it turned into, let me see if I can do more albums. So I got into music. So from music, I, I gained notoriety. People started to recognize who I was. They liked the music I was doing. I was putting out music videos as an independent person. So that's how that started to come about. Mm -hmm. And then when that started happening, someone said, hey, there's someone auditioning for a stage play. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll, I'll go. So I went and auditioned and I got it. And it was, you know, a stage play with singing. So that stage play was called uh, Workplace Drama. And we did really good. It was a really funny um, stage play. And then I started to love the acting, the acting of it. So from there, I started working behind the scenes on major productions such as Pitch on Fox, Castle, all these different TV shows. And yeah. being behind the scenes, being someone's double and being someone's stand-in, 
I started to like that even more. So I used to do a lot of background work. I have a lot of background work on This Is Us and um, people would be like, hey, was that, was that? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was <And> me. <laughs> that's how that the acting started. And then from there, I went to film school. And in film school, you know, you learn more about behind the scenes. But then at that moment, you start to realize, hmm, I could do this if I can mix together everything that I've just explained, which is writing behind mm -hmm. the scenes and all these things mixing together of, you know, what, what I've experienced, I could really, really become a great director Yeah. because, you know, can't be a leader until you learn how to follow. Right. So with that being said, I feel like me being behind the scenes, I was learning how to follow and learning what the small people, quote unquote, are doing. That way I can understand as a director, if I needed something from a PA, I already know that they could be going through something, but they know, you know, the ins, of, ins and outs of how to get it done. So um, I've always wanted to write and put forth what I've written onto a screen. I want someone to experience how I feel sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got into directing. It's like, cause I have a lot of questions when I see things on, on the TV, like, but why did they have to do like that? And so my questions turned into things that I write. Right. Such what if, you know, you see all these things in terms of um, police violence against, you know, minorities and, you know, police brutality. And you say, well, what if that was a white person? Or what if that was that police's, police officer's son or daughter or what if? Right. So that's what made me write if. And that, you know, I didn't think needed dialogue. All you yeah. gotta do is watch. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's 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 something where it's like, oh, I know what's about to happen. That that black kid is about to die. No, right. I want you to ask yourself, what will happen if that white kid die? If he just stole a beer? You know what I mean? Yeah. People inserting themselves into situations that they don't need to be in, such as the guy who played the shopper, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call him. So. To answer your question, <laughs> everything leaded, everything that I've been through in my life or experienced or jumped into in my life led me to wanting to direct films and become a filmmaker. No, I, I, I like the explanation, especially with um with 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 what if, because the whole time I keep thinking, every time I see a project that you do, um, and even as you would describe that, um, you've always been um, a visually creative person, as far as I, as far as I, I can remember. Like I, I took, I took last night to kind of just think about that. I was like, yeah, like you know, even even just looking back at your post, um, you know, it. Oh, obviously, you're a beautiful woman, but it's like, it's like the way you approach just posting things. It's, it's, it's always vi visually stimulated, even even if you just. 
you know, just relaxed and regular. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even now, I'm, I'm talking to you via Zoom, and you and you have the aesthetics in the background. You've always been this visually, you know, creative person. So, um, when I saw that you went from that, you know, you transitioned, you went to filmmaker. Um, it's like, yeah, of course that makes sense. Like, but I just, I just love the fact that um, you're fearless and. You know, you try things. You're like, oh, you know what? I want to try doing DJing for a while. You know, like, like you, like you just do it. And and for me, I think I think I've always put myself into that box on, on what how everyone thinks I should be. And even right. e- even when I started blogging, like I I would you know like okay, you know they, everybody tells you you know you gotta, you got to pick you know something that you want to blog about you know and just write about this. Well, for me. I don't want to write about one particular subject. It's boring to me. Like I, like I, my life, my life is complicated. It's structured. It has all these little things. I'm a a parent. Like my, my daughter just came here for, for a few weeks. So I'm doing, I'm doing a daddy thing right now. You know, I want, I want to talk about mental health issues. I want to, I want to just, you know, sometimes I I just want to talk about fuck shit. Sometimes I want to talk about, you know, real, real stuff that's happening in the world. Like I don't want to be bogged down and, when I see a person like you that just just goes for it, it's it's it encourages me, inspires. Like, yeah, wh- wh- why why the hell not, right? Yeah, so, why not? Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. All right, so at all out of, out of things that you're doing, so I, I and I know this is kind of a hard question because I I know that you're a very passionate person. Um, is there a, a particular one that 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 you love the most, and and if, if and let's say filmmaking is you know the the thing that you love doing the most, is there a do you do you still go back to the other things? Do you when you go back to singing? Do you you know you do some acting? Um, I will definitely again not put myself in a box. So yes, I would. I will always go back to everything that I've experienced, acting, behind the scenes, um, directing, DJing. I will always go to those things. None of it has disappeared um, because one is doing better than the other. They're all a part of me. So I won't just sit here and say, oh, I'm a director now. Why do I need to DJ? Oh, that's stupid. Because if you feel like being musical one music, you just going through music one day, you just, and so I say, hey, there's a party, you know, I'm like, well, perfect. Cause I feel like a music day, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go DJ. Right. That's just the way it is. So it's like, um, whatever presents itself in the moment. And if I'm not doing anything, why not? That makes sense, it makes sense. So. I do enjoy directing, but honestly, when you're directing things on your own, it's a lot of money. Mm. So that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, while you're waiting for that financing, whether it comes from yourself or from someone else, you have to stimulate yourself in other ways. Always continue to try to learn. What have I been learning right now? Day trading. <laughs> Because it's, you know, I have to, for some reason, I have to continue to learn. 
because right now, you know, with COVID and things like that, it damaged a lot of the entertainment business. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like um, even DJing, because you can't have mass parties, you right. know? So DJing is like that. And then with directing, you have to have insurance and all these different protocols in place now for COVID testing. And it's just a lot that you have to learn and do now to even do a show it's scary because at the end of the day you are the reason or not the reason someone caught covid on your set so it's like you have to be very careful so in the meantime you can use that time to write things put forth things but you have to be inspired to write like i haven't written anything well, that's a lie. I did write something, but I didn't finish because it wasn't in me to finish. Right. So forcing a project is not a good idea. So I put that aside. Um, and for the past couple of months, I have been just focused on day trading well, and learning that. Well, that, that's good. And that I, I'm glad that you brought that up. So how do you deal with the creative process when it's I feel like I feel like when you when you can go outside, you know, at least for me, when I can go outside, when I can travel, when I can interact with people, um I am more inspired to create. I'm more inspired to, to have, you know, have these thoughts about, oh, I can I can I can write a blog about this. Oh, I just had this conversation in in dinner with this person. I'm gonna write something about this. And I and I have felt that I've gravitated more towards podcasting than than my writing. Um, trying to get back into it as of as of late because of the fact that I can't, you know, have those interactions with people. So, um, how do you how? I guess you've already told me how you know you know if you you write something you're like ah I just put it down because you don't want to force it. How do you get past like not forcing anything? How do you how do you have grace on yourself? I guess in that sense. How do I get past like writer's block? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it takes years to write a project. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes weeks. Um. But if you get stuck in something, it's because you need to marinate on it a little bit more. That's just what I think. You know, you have to sit here and think about. You know, dang. You have to go from point A to point B. What did I think about? Or what did I do? Or how has the story unfolded from point A to point B? That's what you got to think about. And then think about that over and over and over again until when you get to B again, you have a C. Because sometimes you get stuck. Like, okay, he went and rode the bike to the store. Okay, now what did he do at the store? What's going to drive the story? Did he get shot at the store? Did he rob the store? Did he buy a lotto ticket that he eventually won? Where do you want your story to go? So right. sometimes it just, sometimes it's just, I think it's important to step back and revisit what you've already written to make sure it's making sense. So that's kind of where I am now with mine is, is with one of the pilots that I wrote is that you have to, um, I'm now in the process like, hmm, 
because it's a very complicated pirate. It's very, very complicated. So that's why I stepped back from that one because gotcha. there's so many different elements like with time and it's just a formula. I don't know. It's, it's a really hard project. That's why I step back. But if it's an easy project and you step back, I think it's you want to make sure that the audience is grasping what it is you want right. them to get from it. But to get over that, it just takes time. It could be a year. It could be five minutes. It's just, I don't think you should force writing. Yeah. Um, I, I try, I, I try to have a little grace on myself and try not to force anything now. Cause I'm, you know, you know me, I'm really hard on myself. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I'll write something and get halfway in the middle. And I'm like, I feel like I'm just going to try to just throw like, you know, 200 more words on this and just put it out. I don't want to do that. I, just, I got so many drafts on my website. So um, I do, I do have another question about, about the whole writing process for you. So, and it just, this could be a me thing. So you might be helping me out. So mm-hmm. when I'll, I can write something and when I write it and I can read over it, I'm like, all right, all right, you know, okay, yeah. I'm a writer. I, I didn't know, I'm a writer, all right, cool. And then and then I can post it or I can come back to it a day or two later and I look at it, I'm like, ugh, mm-hmm. <laughs> all these words come out of, my, come out of my, my fingers and out of my mind, like, ugh, this, this is trash. Like, and I have to like fight the urge to like scrap it, you know, and everything. And, and then even sometimes when I put it out, people are like, oh, this was great. And I'm like, really? You know, do you have that in you in your mind? Is, is this a, is this a, just a Jared thing? Is that a whole is that a whole creative person thing? No, yeah, you can write something and think it's great, and then go back and read it and like that makes absolutely no sense. So yeah, I mean, you could be feeling something real good one day, and then all of a sudden it's like that was a dumb idea. <laughs> but you don't scrap it; you just leave it in your drafts because that idea could possibly be something later. It just could have been how you felt today that it feels like. Yeah, trash. yeah. And then the next couple of days, it's like, oh man, that was actually a good idea. Or you could have high days where you smoke weed and then you like have these crazy <laughs> ideas, and then those ideas turn out to be golden. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you just never know. I used to tell my my sister she used to be a songwriter, and I would she she would you know ball up a whole song after she wrote it. Like I didn't like it. What are you doing? <laughs> no. Okay, I've kept you waiting long enough. It's time for me to announce the rules to my first ever giveaway. I'm calling it. It's about damn time I get free stuff giveaway. Catchy name, right? No long, but catchy. All you had to do to qualify for a chance to win a free shirt from damn university, my t-shirt line, is the following. Find It's About Damn Time on the Apple Podcast app. Give this podcast a five-star rating and write a review. Take a screenshot of that review and rating and post it on your story on IG, mentioning It's About Damn Time Pod. And that's it. You're entered. The contest is now open and concludes March 28th. Five winners will be randomly picked and announced on the April 2nd, 2021st show. Good luck and happy listening. All right. I have a question I've always wanted to ask you before I start kind of picking okay. into, um, you know, your movies and everything. No, it's not a bad question. Okay. It's not a bad question. Um, 
Ronnie Swirl. Mm-hmm. How did that come to be? Is, is, do you feel like that's an alter ego, or do you just, how did how did you come up with the name, and what does that mean to you? Ronnie Swirl, become hmm. I don't even know the answer to that, but I'll try to come up with something. Let's see. So, I why did I say Ronnie Girl? To be honest, like when websites were very, very um, popular, because mm-hmm. you know websites are honestly not that popular anymore. Because if they right. want to know somebody, they just go to your social media. Yeah. So I was in the process of doing my music and I knew I had to get a website and things like that. And I was looking at other artists at that time and their name of their um, website. And Usher, he has a website, Usher World. And it's just basically everything that he does. So I was like, you know what? I'll do Ronnie World because I am not just one entity. There's a lot to me, you know what I mean? Like apparel line, DJ, music. How can I just say just my artist name, Ronnie? Like Ronnie, that seems so one dimensional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I did it because I felt like it was just me inviting people into my mind, into things that I experienced. And so that, in itself is a world. So that's why I was like, all right, Ronnie World. Oh, you you definitely have created your, your whole your whole own world. So I do like that. Yeah. I didn't even touch on the, the apparel company. Yeah, I, I remember looking at them like, <laughs> what doesn't she do? Like she's doing everything. Like, this is amazing. It's so inspiring. Um all right, I wanna I wanna kinda get into a couple of your uh, your, your your well one film and one um uh, um short documentary. Um so uh the plan. Now, like, like right around this time last year, uh, you know, you were, you know, being interviewed, doing press work for, um, for this, for this film. Um, I, I think it was entering the, the uh, San Diego Black Film Festival. Um, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the plan and 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 how how the idea uh, came about. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me with the plan, it came from a bunch of questions again. It's like, cause I watch a lot of news. Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of um, crime shows and the opinions of politics, right? Mm -hmm. So at the time that I came up with that, there was a lot of talk about people wanting to control the narrative of women's bodies. And so People don't understand just by the name of it that it, that it's about abortion. Mm-hmm. They think that it's about oh, it's a plan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What's, what's mm-hmm. the plan? Yeah. No. So at that time, you know, politicians was like pro pro life, pro this, and then at the same time, it's like they're not the ones that have to take care of these children. They're not the ones that have to deal with you know what actually happened to to that woman for her to get pregnant. There's so many different reasons as to why people get pregnant. There's rape. There's um, people getting pregnant when they shouldn't be getting pregnant. You know what I mean? But most you know, it could be an abusive marriage Mm -hmm. and the man is forcing the woman to get pregnant all these times, just, you know, keep her in an 
it's a lot of mental things that could be going on with a woman and reasons why she got pregnant. Right. So therefore, it's like, how do you know if she needs an abortion or not? So to have a blanket pro-choice type of narrative is stupid. You know what I mean? I don't think women just go out. Of, I don't think a lot, uh, probably, 80%, 85% of women probably, I would say, don't go out of the way to get an abortion just because. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So the plan to me was, you know, about a woman looking for love, you know, and ended up in a situation that wasn't love but was also dealt with the issue of being pregnant. So what does she do now? Right. So that's why, you know, I came up, I came up with that. I came, up, I came up with a lot of things because it's like, who are you to put these laws out and mm -hmm. you don't know? Who are you to say that these people are actually as bad as you say they are, like black people? Like, I just, most of my projects come from questions. Right. So it comes from questions. So therefore, I would like my audience to leave with questions. That's good. Yeah, because I think that's that's the best. That's that's a great way of storytelling. I, I feel like when when you can when when you're inspired by those questions, and then and then the audience can leave with more questions. They it, it that that you know starts conversations. That starts debates. Okay. That starts. You know, right. change, change in thinking. It starts. Oh, I didn't look at it from this perspective. So, um, you you know, you you're encouraging a whole lot of people to to look at things differently, um, uh, just by telling telling the story and, and putting those visuals out there. Mm -hmm. Um, now I, I I remember a lot of those states were kind of you know leaning towards that, including our home state, Louisiana, with those with those particular laws. Um, how do you feel like things have changed since the release? Of, of that of that film like do you, do you feel like we're on a because um, I, I know you follow politics um and current events a lot how do you feel like we're, where we are now on that on abortion um i would say that <clears throat> a lot of the politicians are being weeded out mm -hmm. <laughs> honestly because you know with that whole um storm of the capital people are starting to realize the type of politicians that they're putting in their office in their home states so it's like, well, damn, we voted him in and he's turning a blind eye on the fact that this was actually incited by Trump. Mm -hmm. Just because he's a Republican, he's saying, I don't see the re I don't see the reason to try to sit here and um, impeach Trump. It's, it's, it's out of the picture. So therefore, I'm like, so what you're saying to me is, all right, the Capitol was stormed, right? So after the storm, it's time for us to heal. We understand what happened. It's time for us to heal. So I'm like, all right, cool. So if somebody robs your house, you know they robbed it, mm -hmm. but it's time to heal. So don't don't take them to jail. Yeah. It's time to heal. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, because they moved out of state. So they're not going to rob you no more. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, they move out of yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how stupid that is? Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's like, 
all is forgiven. He's gone now. All right, he left with your stuff now, so don't take it to jail. <laughs> he ain't at your house no more. But that's, you know, but with abortion, I think I think it will get better because, you know, we have people in office now that understand humanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I, I guess that's my question that, that I had, um, and just for us to kind of discuss, I don't, I, you may not, you know, we, we don't really know the answers until till it happens, but um, with the new administration, you know, versus um, that that new Supreme Court that um, that uh, you know, a couple of those justices were uh, appointed, you know, by the former president. We'll just say, um, mm-hmm. you know, do we feel like that's going to be like a showdown, you know, down the line when when it comes to uh, women's rights? Because a lot of those a lot of those individuals um, identify as those conservative, uh, pro-life, you know, telling women's women's uh, women's what to do with their bodies type individuals. Yeah, I don't know because honestly, I was surprised that you know they were doing the right thing in in regards to him yeah. who shall remain unnamed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I was shocked that they, you know, didn't want to hear his case. Right. And at that moment, it gave me um, hope that they would do things based off law rather than based off party. And so I was waiting on them to be like, all right, cool. Yeah, we're going to overturn it just because he appointed them. But that gave me hope in that they will start trying to do the right thing. So, no, um, I I think from now on they will be more in a position to hear things out rather than just voting on their own accord. Maybe. Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, it's it's still early on. Um, yeah. You know, we we've been, we we are within those those first 100 days, and I know um, all all of the you know the policy changes that are, that are happening at this time. So. You know, just try to remain hopeful throughout the whole process. All right. Um, I want to switch gears for a minute and, and go to um, last summer. So last last summer, um, you know, I, I think we reached the height of of racial unrest here in the country. Hopefully, I'm almost I'm almost hopeful that's the hype because I don't need it to be even more hyper than what it than, than what it was last summer. Um, but with the um, un, untimely murder of uh, George Floyd and and, and, a, and a lot of that, you know, based upon everything else that had happened, led to a lot of uh, a protests and social activities. You know, saying, "Hey, you know, Black lives do in fact matter." Um, first of all. I was very proud of you. Um, again, always, always inspiring. And you don't even try to. You just do you. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> and that's that's what that's what makes it even more inspiring. You 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 are always trying to be an agent of change. So whether it's you know, hey, let's have talks in our in our little social Zoom room where we sit there and talk about ways that we can do things. Um, let's. Um, you know, let's 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 protest. Let's let's do this. Let's, let's be vocal. Um, you you created a a short documentary um, 
that was so powerful. I watched that thing like three times straight once you released it. And then I just watched it, you know, uh, again, right before, you know, we started recording just, just cause I just wanted to just, just to re-familiarize myself with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me, I guess our, we know the inspiration behind it. Talk to me about how, how things were on um, the front lines. Cause you, you were out there protesting. So t- tell me how that experience was for you. Um, when I went out the first day, um, I saw unity. I saw, um, the determination of so many to want change. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I saw police officers going against a positive change. So it didn't make, at that moment, it didn't make sense to me. You would think that as a police officer, you know at the end of the day, you gotta take that uniform off. So how do you feel outside of that uniform? should also be the way you feel inside of it, right? Should be. Should be. And that's probably the case. It's probably the way they viewed it anyway, which is why they were (laughs) beating people up just for standing there. So the things that I saw, And mind you, I had my 73-year-old mentor with me. He's a white Italian, right? Mm -hmm. And he's actually um, Dan Loria, the father from The Wonder Years. He's Mm. my mentor. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So he was with me. He, He wanted to go. He's like, he was telling me, Make sure you put your ID and you got a little cash in your pocket. Don't carry no purse, you know, because he's from the old school days of protest, you know. Right, what I mean? right. So he's like, um, you want he looked at me, you want to get arrested? I'm like, no, I don't want to get <laughs> He is with the chips. I love it. <laughs> yes, he was so with it. He was like, Do you want to get arrested? I'm like, no, I no, I don't want you to get arrested either. <laughs> so Cause he was down for the entire thing. And when things start to get out of hand, I said, let's go home. I need to take you home. Right. Cause he's elder, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, what I look like being responsible and I see them throwing firebombs and stuff. I said, all right, it's time to go. They're throwing rocks. It's right, right. So, but you know, I saw, I saw a lot of things and you know, what stuck with me was, um, the multicultural protests. And I'm out here in LA, so therefore, honestly, it was a lot of white people in this protest. It was a lot of white, it was a lot of black, it was a lot of Mexicans, it was a lot of everything. And um, even, even though there were large protests, driving to the protests, you'll see like people on small corners. And most of the time, those small corners were a lot of white people. You know, they were, you had little signs or whatever, you know, justice for George Floyd and things like that. They were doing their part 
the best way they could. You know, they want to stay away from the larger crowds, but make it known that they support the movement. So it was it was really good to see finally, you know, if you compare Selma to now, it's it's good to see such a mixture of culture protesting and then to see it actually get as far as the UK and all these other places. Yeah. 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 Millions of people protesting. You should know at that moment, it's time to stop. Yeah. You have to, you know, stop with all this, but did it? No, no. It's the mentality of the police department. It's the way they are trained. If you are scared, why are you a cop? Most of the time they say, I saw a gun, right? Mm -hmm. I saw a gun. All right. Was the gun pointed at you? So you or even or even I feared he was going for a gun. It's not even that you even saw it sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. If you are scared, don't be a cop. Not only do they teach you to shoot, they also teach you how to protect yourself. You have cars. If you, one of the things, honestly, that really pisses me off on when people, when police kill others, if it's the police bring a gun to a knife fight, mm-hmm. why are you shooting somebody because they have a knife? Yeah. Uh, you distance yourself. Yeah. Or use a taser because when a taser it locks your body up, it, most of the time it will probably have him drop the knife right it make him squeeze it tighter yeah why do you bring a gun to a knife fight what are you scared of if you know the weapon if you know that the weapon they have is a gun is a knife yeah the weapon of choice you should have drawn is a taser that should be a given i mean that's just me no, I mean, I, I think I think your opinion matters a lot in this sense because, look, I I went after high school, I went to college, and I got fat, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like when you when you left high school, you went to the navy, so you 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 develop these combat skills, you develop, you had this training, you had all of these things. So from from hearing it from your perspective, where it's like if you're a cop. And you, if 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 you are scared, why are you a cop? I feel like for me that that, that carries more weight than for yeah. for somebody like me just to say that shit. Like I, I'll, I'll be scared, but well, honestly, you have the training. The training. People, have, people in the military get more trained than the people in, in the police force. Yeah, yeah. That's just you don't just get in the navy after what is the police academy? About three weeks, six weeks. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, which which. Don't even get me started on that. I think that definitely needs to be increased. I, I mean, you yeah, gotta. Even if you're on the front, like Navy SEALs, I think the the schooling is like a year and something. Yeah. Like you go through a lot. They damn near drown you. I have a I have a friend that went through that training. It's a lot of stuff that they have to go through mentally and physically. There's no way police officers go through this at yeah. all. Yeah. They just don't. So. Um, while you were while you were there protesting, so you you, you created you created this uh the short documentary, and again, I think I think you you use the visuals to tell the story where you didn't have to add anything else, and and I think I think the visuals did exactly what you wanted them to do. So right. you you had you had 
you had what was seen out there. Um, you know, clips of, you know, you know, past brutality. Um, you know, and then and then you had um uh, that speaker. Who who was who was the guy that was, that was giving the speech? Do you remember? Um his name, I don't remember. His I, name. Let me find it real fast for you. Um because I think I have it here in my notes. Um Joseph Williams. Yes. Yeah. So Joseph Williams was um like the words that he was even even when even when you put the extra words to emphasize what he was saying at that moment and you set it all to to the to the music. Uh talk to me about about the creative process. Like how did you have to resist trying to do too much to document everything or or did it just feel natural just to to put it out there just like that? It felt natural. Like what I did was I did, you know, I did a couple protests and then I watched through a lot of my clips. And when I got to the clip of his speech, because there was a few speakers that day. And when I got to the clip of his speech, it just stood out to what it was I wanted to um, base the documentary around. Mm -hmm. And so um, even with the young girl who was like, you know, what was she saying? She was saying something to the tone of um, her mother, her brother, or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, his speech stood out because it summed up what it was I wanted to put put out, and it matched a lot of the footage that I had. So um, it was extremely strong because he touched on. Ra uh, systematic racism as a whole. It mm -hmm. wasn't just poli police brutality he right. was talking about. He talked about uh, redlining and housing. He talked about um, how minorities get healthcare. He talked about a lot of things. And so um, I felt that his speech needed to be um, uplifted in a way that it would really stick with people visually mm -hmm. and mentally. So that's why I did that. Yeah. Well, you did a great job in that regard. Like, like I said, I, I, um, uh, I may just, I'm probably, I'm going to share all your, all the stuff, you know, when this, <laughs> when this episode comes out so that people can, <laughs> can rewatch it and, 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 and live it. Um, now we're about, um, you know, roughly eight months removed from, from th those inc incidents and, and the start of those protests, mm -hmm. uh, in, in in your opinion, has the message stalled? Has have, have we kind of went go going back to doing status quo? How do you feel like? How do you feel like I, where we are right now? I feel like everybody has a fifteen second attention span. Mm -hmm. And I blame that on social media because the videos are what I, I say a minute attention span because you watch a video right on mm -hmm. Instagram and what do you do after that? You scroll up to watch the next one. Mm -hmm. Did you remember what you just watched in the previous? Probably not. You double tapped it, kept it moving. Yeah, you double tapped it and kept it moving. So we are not our ancestors. 
such as people who stopped riding the bus because they wanted change. Right. You can't even get people to stop buying Gucci for no. a good three days. No. So for this movement was a fad, unfortunately. So it only it only gets under people's skin if it becomes a trend. That's it. Because it's still happening. Police are still killing people. Mm-hmm. So, but that case has not trended. So right. no one's jumping on it. Right. So are you truly passionate about police brutality? Or, or are you truly passionate about bandwagoning? Right. Right. So, no, I don't think things will change. The only way things will change is from the top down. So we've already removed him. Uh-huh. Now we are in the process of realizing the politicians that are in office. Right. Per state. And then after that, you know, we are noticing that a lot of companies are removing funding from these politicians. And so everything's going to be it's in a process. It's in a process of correcting itself, I believe. Because honestly, this this young generation is is very smart. Yeah, they're fighting back their own parents. Like, you really believe that? Like, yeah, they're asking their parents questions, or they're really questioning their parents. Like, really? I saw those TikTok videos, and they are inspiring. And yeah. even even like, I love talking to Brooklyn when she talks to me about you know stuff that that her her friends are talking about at at in seventh grade at the age of twelve. And, yeah. you know, just like even even like this past summer, she was like, hey, give us a, a, a controversial topic to talk about. We, we, we've we already discussed, you know, you know, you know, Trump and Biden. We've already discussed this and that. We, we discussed, uh, you know, abortion, pro-life. And I'm like, I wouldn't do this at 12. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was just trying to play kickball. <laughs> so, so I love that the way this generation is. Is galvanized to just make changes. Even she fights for her friends. Even like like the like her friends who who are in the LBGTQ community. Like she like somebody you know, she will fight for you if if if, yeah. if she, she cares for you. She will fight for you. And I and that as much as we talk about the newer generation and some of the, some of the choices that, that they make, that in itself is inspiring and and, and some yeah. legacy that's being created. So. I'm very proud of these young kids. Like seriously, like, yeah, very, very proud of them. So when I know you tied it to like well, it starts from the top down as far as as far as change be made. All right, we're in a new era, and um, Biden's in office. Um, <laughs> are we? I guess I want to get your, your 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 thoughts about how hopeful um, are you for for change for our community. Uh, with, with the new regime? I'm very hopeful because, you know, everything's a process. And I think that, um, I think that the more people open their eyes, the more um, change will happen. Mm-hmm. 
because you know people were blind to um to change because they're you know like myself honestly i don't like change but sometimes it is warranted and to say that right now things are not changes and warranted is kind of crazy but I'm very, just like you, I'm very hopeful. And I think that over time, um, things will uh, get better. All right. I wanted to, uh, I pulled up, I had this this post where you, where you initially posted the documentary uh, queued up for me right now because I'm, I, I saw some of the, your description for it. And I wanted to, to talk about this quote that you put in here. I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, I got you. It's right here. I got you. Um, you said, as a filmmaker, parentheses, all of us, we have a duty to create lasting projects that not not only have us thinking, but also ha- also teaching us. Um, talk to me about that quote and what that means to you, because your your projects, all your projects. Like you said, they they come they they come from questions that you have, and even what what are, what are their entertaining, educating, edutaining, whatever you know you there is a message always there with with all of your projects. Um, so so talk to me what that statement means as far as a filmmaker, your responsibility to 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 teach others and, and as well as entertain. Um. It, hmm. The way I would put that is um, if you're going to be a filmmaker, then ask yourself, why? Why am I being a filmmaker? Is it just yeah. to have something out there or is it um, or is it to have something to for lack of better words, teach someone. Right. So it's like you have uh, you have some filmmakers where it's like they only want to do something because it's visually, oh, this is purple and green and yellows and blue. <laughs> and, you know, I have all these things. Um, but at the end of the day, what really are you offering Mm -hmm. what really are you putting out there for this uh generation like generationally what is it you're doing what is it you're putting out there for like okay you have a project what's your reasoning for the project Mm -hmm. what what is it that um made you want to do this so if you wanted to put out a project that's, you know, a bunch of kids and they're playing around and then they find this puppy, I'm just thinking of something off the top of my head. They find mm-hmm. this great puppy. What about that made you want to write it? Is it because this puppy finally gets a home? Right. Is it because um, you want to teach kids love, how to love animals? It's like everything has to have, what? Well, doesn't have to but it should have a reason yeah should have a reason so for me um i try to um 
put things out there as a teaching mechanism. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I I really don't know why. Right. Right. I mean, I feel like, like you can get that, get a, it's a responsibility. And I, and I won't just say, say, even say filmmakers, I say storytellers in general. I think it's a responsibility to to there should be some sort of rationale and reason why you create what you create. And it can't be for Instagram likes or clout or anything else. I mean, I can I can and me I, and, and maybe this is me because I I I I'm a storyteller as well, but I can get I can pull stuff from anything that I'm interested in as far as storytelling. I can pull a lesson from Star Wars episode three. <laughs> you know, like because for, for me, and that's one of my favorite movies, not because of what the, the visuals and the and, and the lightsaber fights and everything else like that. It's the message itself. And the message itself is sometimes when you want something so bad and you're trying to you're trying to work to protect something so badly you make the bad wrong choices that leads you to that and that's right. that's been the story of my life in a lot of different things oh i want something this really badly i i, I can't mess up i can't do this I, I can't screw this up and then all of a sudden i i, I take shortcuts to make and, and do all these fucked up things and all of a sudden now i'm a bad guy <laughs> in in a lot of people's lives because all i had to do was just just admit Hey, you know what? I'm nervous about this, and let's talk about it with people. And yeah. so, uh, it's the responsibility of that person who is telling that story to not, yeah, you know, promote it's Star Wars. Okay, of course it sells itself, but at the same time, also talk about the story in itself. You know, show exactly. those characters. And um, I, I, I think, I think, I think, I just, I'm just a big fan of how you do it because, um, you don't, you you don't necessarily take the traditional road or the road that's most, most, most traveled. Um, you do, you take the road on what works for you at that particular time with that particular project. And for, for me, that's why I'm always going to be always when you post something or say, Hey, I got a project coming up. My eyes are going to be all glued to it. Uh, I appreciate that. So, um, I really appreciate you for you know spending some time with me and talking about this. I know how busy you are and everything. Do you want to um, take the opportunity to to plug anything, th- things that you're doing, previous I, projects? I mean, if you haven't watched What If or if you haven't watched The Plan, go do that. At this moment, I'm not. There isn't anything else to plug. It's just those things. Um, revisit my life. Yeah. Hey. Ronnie World on Instagram, Twitter, on all of it actually. Yeah. And you know, just if you here's a, here's something I will leave everyone with. If you want to do something, just do it. Yeah. Talking about it every day ain't gonna do nothing. Just go out and do it. It's like that's it. Just do it. You know, just do it. And that's and and. Because you just do it inspires others to just do it. So, so Ronnie, thank you. I hope so. I'm not about to be paying attention to little girl. Me. Stop it. Stop it. Whatever. <laughs> I'm paying attention. I'm telling you other <laughs> people too. So, thank okay. you so much. Of course. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Jeronica Lee Moffitt, aka Ronnie World, for joining me on this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. 
it's about damn time. I just love, love the way she says that. Uh, Ronnie, thank you so much again for, for the great conversation. Now, if you want to take a look at some of her projects, especially the ones that we talked about here in the podcast, go ahead and go to the show notes. I'll have all the links there provided for you. So just do a little click and you're right there to watch it. It's really great stuff. And while you're there, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that five-star rating and that review and, and follow those instructions that was laid out here in this episode so you can be entered into the giveaway. It's free merch, y'all. <laughs> well, that was another dope conversation with another dope person. I have nothing left to give for you this week, but I will see you next week. Uh-huh.